Welcome to the Not Just Any Cancer podcast with me, Catherine Bouvier. Good morning and today I am coming to you from London and I'm here um, ready to go in and meet some of the team members at King's College Hospital, uh, which is a European neuroendocrine centre of excellence just as a little bit of a warning, um, the hospital is really busy and um, I've just come outside to record this, but inside the actual multidisciplinary team meeting, I think it's going to be really busy. So some of the recordings are going to be a bit noisy, but I really do hope that that doesn't detract from the content um, and that uh, you find it sort of an interesting listen. So uh, off I go. So now I'm going to talk to Dr. Mestra, who's a consultant histopathologist here at King's College Hospital. Um, thank you so much for um, giving me the time to have a chat with you today and really just to, to find out you know, what your role is as part of the MDM. And also, I guess my first question being, what is a histopathologist? Okay. Yeah. So hello, Cathy. Uh, um, so histopathologists are doctors who deal with tissues and and we make diagnoses based on them. I, I like to think that we are the only doctors who look at the uh, pathologies face to face. We look at the cells directly with our microscopes and we the give real them, thing, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, at, uh, for years it's it's been like the last step, right? But now with all the molecular and genomics, we are not uh, anymore the last ones in this uh, chain of diagnosis. But um, so it's but it's it's true that our the main diagnostic uh, information comes from uh, comes from us, and we give those cells a name, and uh, we try to and that is reflected in in our reports, which eventually will reach our colleagues who will uh, provide the information to patients. It's quite a thorough job, with lots of details and subtleties, which make um, each case unique. So it's quite a big responsibility. Yeah, and you know, we talk a lot about the importance of histopathology in neuroendocrine, especially um, because of the nuances of the disease itself. And and they are different to other cancer types. And, and you know, we've, there's a lot of talk about ex, expert histopathology. Um, you know, would you agree it's really important that an expert histopathologist gets to see that tissue to make a correct diagnosis? Because we do have you know, there are cases of perhaps not quite the correct diagnosis being put forward and, and that can cause such distress really for, for the patient mm. community. So your role seems so important. Yeah, I mean, as histopathologists, we are all trained in all areas of pathology, right? And neonocrine is one more. Uh, so, and when it's a straightforward case, it's quite easy uh, to pick up those cytoplasmic or nuclear features, those uh, features of the cells which makes you recognize them as neonocrine. Okay. Um, what makes us uh, call them neonocrine, though, is the presence of little vesicles in the cytoplasm, we are, which we are not able to see in a normal um, slide, but we need to do some extra um, stainings on them and when we are able to prove that these cells are expressing in this case chromogranin and synaptophysin then we are ha happy to call them non-grind. 
so as I said, in some cases it's very straightforward to think uh, these cells are non-occurring. In some cases it's less obvious okay. and those are the tricky cases. Um, and that's why it's good that uh, we have this pathway in place so we make sure that at least two pathologies have looked at the, at the cases and um, ideally in, in a reference center like this one where experts are able to pick up even the most subtle uh, features because they, their eyes are very used to see these cases yeah. and they are, even, they are able to identify the cells in a, a very uh, varied range of um, scenarios. No, absolutely, that, that's fascinating. And, and what would you say, you know, your role is within, within the multidisciplinary team meeting here, which is where we're sitting right now, just about to, to start this uh, neuroendocrine MDM? So I think um, the most important thing to me is just effectively transmit the message to the rest of the team, either uh, clinical team or surgical team. So, for example, um, in, in a very small biopsy where we are concerned, but the tissue might not be enough. So we should transmit that our concerns about that sample, so the sample is repeated. Or in a bigger specimen, if the tumor is reaching the limits, that the, the margins of the of the excision that might that might need go for surgery again okay. and, and extend the, 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 the amount of tissue. So that's our role, saying it is, it's been all removed, that we have not enough with this tissue, we need more to make sure that this is the right pathology. So we kind of collaborate to tailor the um, treatment of patients as much as possible. So it's not just a diagnosis then, and it's not just on a biopsy, so it's exactly. around surgical procedures as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, so in some, somehow our, our reports, or many of them, are going to have an impact on the, not only on the prognosis, mm -hmm. but also on the management and treatment of these patients. Gosh, yeah, absolutely. Um, really, really important. Um, Obviously, the, the WHO um, obviously have reclassified into the sort of neuroendocrine neoplasm mm -hmm. um, uh, wording. Um, has that impacted sort of histopathology in any way, or, or of course. Uh, and, and how has how has that impacted? Of course, and actually, the last classification for gastrointestinal nets has highlighted the importance of morphology over other features. Um, the, the the high grade um, group of can of cancers was subdivided into two groups because one of them was seen to respond less well to chemotherapy, and that's based on uh, I mean on a daily basis. That's based on morphology. So. Is on our area at, yeah. on ex of expertise, right? That that has been proven by molecular studies as well. But on a daily basis, we don't do molecular on any case. The easiest thing to look at is the morphology. So definitely, this this change has, has an impact on on our on my job. And you think it's been the right change and it's the right move in, in the yes. right direction from all the tissue that you've obviously seen? Yes, because within that subgroup of, of patients, um, the main um, what they noticed was that there was a subgroup that was responding less well to chemo, as I was saying. So these patients were not having much benefit of it, but having all the secondary effects. And sometimes best care is also avoid unnecessary treatments. 
Absolutely, and it, you know, it's all about quality of life, I suppose, exactly. and we have to think about those side effect impacts, don't we? Um, I've just been talking to Dr. Saga just about kind of genomics and, and sort of how important that is in the cancer field, per mm -hmm. se. Um, and he was, you know, explaining that, that obviously it's, we're a little bit behind maybe in, in the neuroendocrine world, but only because there are so many different types. It's sort mm -hmm. of, they get all lumped together, but they're not the same. So we have to be yeah. mindful of that. I mean, is genomics sort of shaping the, the histopathology field a little bit more, you know, in the, in the work that you're doing with the samples? Probably not right now, at the moment, not yet, uh, but definitely I, I think the most important uh, change will come in the, in the form of classifications, because I, I think it's important to understand that um, having to that properly classify tumors is the first step for to proper treatment. Yeah. Then yeah, I guess point. that what, what makes people more excited is that, that uh, those two words of target therapies, which is very exciting. We are living very exciting, very exciting times right now. But there's because there's a lot of research going on. There's a lot of publications, but we need to um, put a lot of things together and consider all the information which is being published. And um, for it, so, for example. We, know, we are now able to identify uh, mutations that mean worse prognosis, which is not necessarily bad, because knowing that makes uh, our researchers um, uh, working with a goal yeah, towards yeah. something, and, uh, the, and that's a potential target. But maybe we don't have drugs to treat that yet, as per yet. But you're also feeding that information into the treating physicians, aren't you? So, you know, by mm -hmm. saying that you feel that that prognosis isn't as good with this, having looked at that tissue, it's then they can target those treatments differently, can't they? Exactly. Rather than guessing, maybe, or... Not quite yet. I think we are not at that point, but uh, for sure they will come uh, in form of trials and other stuff in the future, but... Um, I think knowing where the source of the problem is makes easier to find a solution. So I think there's a long way to go, but we are in the right way. Yeah, well, that's good. There's some positive future mm. plans for, for needing to go that way. Um, and just finally, I suppose this is a bit of a, a maybe a bit of a difficult question, but there's, there's often a lot of talk, especially sort of in the advocacy world and, and globally about sort of who owns tissue, you know, mm -hmm patients give their tissue and their blood through you know could be through trials or just because of surgery or for diagnostic reasons mm -hmm. um, and I just wondered how you kind of felt about I mean there have been some ideas about new ways of 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 working in in that patients have more ownership of kind of their tissue um, and, be, and being able to send that tissue off for you know different mm -hmm. things that that, that that their doctors might have suggested that they're treated. I mean, have you, is that something that's talked about in the histopathology world? Or? Well, I, I think I, I think we histopathologists, no, none of us would. I think that the, the tissue belongs to the patient. That's a fact, and I don't think any histopathologist will argue with that. Then when to request it and where to bring it. That's a very different question yeah, from my yeah. point of view. And I think that in that regard, patients should uh, really trust the advice of the health professionals 
because uh, it's not the same sending your material to a center where experts are going to look at it <laughs> where or send it to, to somewhere else where you don't really know who is going to look at it or mm -hmm. using for what purpose and what kind of evidence that test is going to have. So I think... I think that's a really important point, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. about, you know, not understanding what, what the result of that particular investigation or that scanning mm -hmm. or that or that staining might actually mm -hmm. give to you I and mean, how is it going to improve your outcomes that exactly that's the most important thing yes i think uh that is different it is are very different questions um we are just gatekeepers of the of patient's <laughs> tissue but what to do with it out of the diagnostic um context should be guided by by someone who knows the field yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. Um, no, that that's really interesting. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for spending some time with me today. No problem at all. Thank you. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to Not Just Any Cancer Series, wherever you listen to your podcast. And please do leave a review.